You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We are pleased to present to you our guest, Danielle Bainbridge. She is the host the researcher and writer of the PBS Digital Studios web series, The Origin of Everything, that's focused on highlighting unusual and undertold histories. Outside of her academic work, she's also a writer of creative nonfiction, fiction, and drama. Her first play, Curio, premiered at University of Penn and was featured in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe in 2018. She's beginning work on her first independent documentary in 2022. And she's also currently writing two books, Refinements of Cruelty, a book about 19th century sideshow and freak show performers who were born into slavery, and How to Make a New Nation, a general audience history book about performances of nationalism in newly independent nations in the wake of post-colonial movements worldwide in the 20th century. So this is definitely a show you will want to hear and get a lot of great insight from. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And for this episode, we want to talk about origins or history. You know, we're in a, we're in a uh, time period now where it's like, it's important to know your history, right? So you don't repeat mistakes is what we're always told. And, you know, I'm so excited to have the guest, my guest with me today um, because she knows a little something too, a thing or two about origins, about history. She is uh, Danielle Bainbridge. She is a professor, a host, a creator for PBS. Um, it started with Origin of Everything. And now she has a YouTube channel called PBS Origin. Danielle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So uh, excited to talk to you. So good. I'm glad you're joining me. Um, I think everybody needs a good history lesson these days. So I think this episode is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I obviously agree. Uh, you know, my background is in history and American cultural history. So I'm really excited to be talking with y'all today. Now, listen, the, ver- the most important question is, I heard that you've done extensive research to find out that you're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of my interest in the Harry Potter series as a child of, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s, um, you know, it came from the fact that I was really inspired by the Ravenclaw house. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought that they also fit me because I'm not a Gryffindor. I'm not a brave person per se. <laughs> I'm not the first person to rush into battle, but the Ravenclaws usually are the first ones to back the Gryffindors up. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was my place. I could be a good, a good secondary character. And also I loved, um, research and reading and everything school related when I was in school. So, uh, I always identified with the Ravenclaw house. 
Look, if you guys do not understand why Danielle is a Ravenclaw, you guys need to check out PBS Origin. Um, definitely the research and 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 just different studying and going through our history definitely fits you. And we appreciate it because I have not, I learned so much for looking at these series. It's so cool on YouTube because you're on YouTube oh. anyway. So you might as well learn something about everybody else, right? Learn about our differences <laughs> and uniqueness. Yeah, exactly. If you're on YouTube anyways, feel free to check us out at the PBS Origins. I think it's... Uh... PBS YouTube slash PBS Origins. Got yes. Um, and then we're talking about the show uh, Historians Take. Um, but I want to kind of go back, or, or I guess your origin story in a sense for PBS, mm-hmm. kind of walk us through um, you know, how you got started with PBS, what this has meant to you, and now to be able to take this on a different platform, because everybody has changed it up when it comes to streaming and different technologies to get their message out. And um, like we said, PBS origin is so cool and a different um historians and uh, teachers you get to talk to. Yeah, so um, I started Origin of Everything, my first web series with PBS back in 2017, and it all started with a very odd phone call. Um, I, at the time, was writing for public audiences, like writing creative nonfiction, and uh, I had a little website, like a really janky WordPress and no (laughs) uh, social media to speak of, and uh, a casting director who was working with a production company uh, at the time reached out to me through the voicemail of my department's uh, phone number. So she called the, I guess she found me on my department's website. And then mm-hmm. that was the only information she could find to contact me. And uh, she left a message saying that she was looking for me and that she was from looking for someone uh, named Danielle Bainbridge for PBS. And I thought it must be a scam call, um, especially right. because I was like, she called a landline, you know, that hasn't <laughs> happened in a while. Um, and she left a voicemail, but I got the message through our department's administrator and we both laughed about it because I was like, oh, it must be something, you know, silly. Mm-hmm. And so I kept telling people about this voicemail and I maybe took a day to respond uh, just because at first I really didn't think it was real. And then ultimately uh, people convinced me I should call back. And she was actually a casting director working with PBS on an untitled history web series, which would then wow. become everything. And yeah. I found out I got the series cause that was just to see if I wanted to do a screen test. Right. So, um, you know, it took a while to, for all this to kind of work out. And by the time uh, I found out I got the series, it was my 27th birthday. So I heard I was going to be working for PBS as the best birthday gift ever. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. The Geeked podcast is your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theater nerd, and lover of all fictional villains. Each week, they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Worlds like Stranger Things, The Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, and many more. You'll also get to hear some of your favorite actors and creatives talk about fun behind-the-scenes tidbits and, of course, what they are geeking out about. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone who is checking out Twitter threads and fan wikis, dying to theorize and talk about that new show they are obsessed with. 
Interviews include actor Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things 4, Emmy Raver Lampman, who plays Allison Hargreaves in The Umbrella Academy, podcast host and cultural critic Rose Damu, and many more. Interviews include breakout stars from Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy, as well as cultural critics and professional geeks you know and love. New episodes of the Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow the Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a pretty cool birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it about um uh what is it about history and just telling certain stories that appeal to you? Like where where did that interest come from? Um, so I was always interested in history, even as a child. I know that that sounds like something that people, you know, would make up and say, but it's actually pretty true. Um, I used to read a lot of American Girl stories. Um, there was this series of books about historical princesses and queens that I was really into. Um, my parents used to, you know, give me books on Jamaican culture and history, folk songs, things like that. So I just was always interested in the past and interested in the lives of other people through the lens of uh, historical inquiry. So it, at that point, it was mostly just reading historical fiction. And then as I got older, um, my interest in the past became a little bit more, uh, I would say, political in some ways, um, not in the sense of, you know, party politics, but in the sense of wanting to know how we arrived at certain ideas and certain values and certain political debates. Um, I wanted to know why we were the way we were as a nation, as a world, um, you know, as an interglobal community. And I think those things really excited me. And I felt like history gave me a map to understanding not only my own culture, um, but the culture of other people that I was encountering. And so, you know, from an early age, it started sort of as just a, a thing that I thought was interesting. And then as time went on, it became something that really occupied, you know, most of my professional life. Yeah. And, you know, kind of what we talked about a little bit in the beginning too, is it's, it's so important, especially these days, there's so much going on in the world, so much violence um, to have a series like this where people are, you know, people for a couple minutes, it's not so long where they feel like they're just getting hours and hours of information forced down their throat. Um, just like quick little snippets of like insight into other people, the worlds that you don't understand. Um, for instance, to give you guys a little a little uh, peek at this, two weeks ago, you did an episode about uh, pansexuality, mm -hmm. which I thought was so cool. And I remember one of the um, one of the uh, the professional historians you talked to um, or one of the interviewees was talking about him on the power of girls was like mm -hmm. their first their first like look at, <laughs> you know, transgender or something different. And I didn't even think about that. Like, it's been such a long time. So I thought about anything power of girls. But it's so mm -hmm. true. And it's just like having those like something like that, just pulling something like that out that we all can relate if you're in that generation. Mm -hmm. makes you feel closer and not so like alienated if you don't understand in a sense so can you kind of talk about um you know if you want to add something about that episode or just were there any kind of challenging topics that you were like oh gosh I don't know how I'm going to cover this and and it could lead to this but it has to be shared yeah so um the pansexuality episode actually was a great collaboration between all the folks who are on our team um, we wanted to cover this topic. It's one that was really near and dear to my heart as a queer person and as someone who identifies as pansexual, but also um, because I thought, well, isn't it interesting that we're seeing 
representation of sexuality and sexual fluidity and um, sexual identity become even more complicated in media in the last maybe 10 to 20 years, you know, right. When we were, well, I'm not going to presume to know how old you are. So let me not guess. But when I was younger, um, I just assume we might be near the same age because you. Uh, I'm like, 31. Oh, I am not ashamed of it. I'm, you know, I'm 31. So if that helps, I don't know if that helps you. Oh, okay. I'm 32. So I'm also, not okay. ashamed. Um, but <laughs> you know, when we were younger, you maybe saw one or two queer characters on shows that were specifically about like gay issues, like right, really right. race or modern family. But now there's such a proliferation and a, and a, you know, multiplicitous way that sexuality and gender are being represented on TV and film that I thought it was important and our team thought it was important to bring these conversations to our audience. And then I guess in terms of an episode that uh, was really challenging for me, uh, probably the most challenging episode we ever did was an episode on the history of transatlantic slavery. Um, just because the yeah. episodes are so short um, you know, we try to keep them below about 15 minutes is the longest video I think we have. Mm-hmm. And most videos average between eight to 12 minutes. Um, so it's not a long amount of time that we have to really share this information with our audience. And that episode turned out to be our most successful in terms of viewership, but it also sparked lots of contentious comments and debate. And I think, um, you know, when you address a question as as heavy as transatlantic slavery, you want to do justice uh, to the topic. And I think, you know, that was probably the moment when I had the most pause, just because I thought, oh, this is only going to be, you know, 12 minutes, how am I going to explain such a large topic in such a short time? Yeah, that, that is a trick, but you guys do it so well too. And it's it's the experts. Um, it's finding like the little nuggets of information. Can you kind of give us like a little inside scoop? Cause you're, you're doing creating your writing on the shows as well. The research, um, how do you like on a, on a day-to-day, like the behind the scenes, how are you putting this together? Like, how do you know who you're going to call in as experts? Because you're right. It is such a short time frame, but you guys do it so well as far as like picking out those little nuggets that are going to hit you quick and, and get that impact. Yeah. So um, it was a little different when we were doing the channel originally. So things have switched over pretty, uh, dr- not dramatically, but pretty, uh, you know, substantially since mm. the first set of episodes that were on the channel. So when we used to do Origin of Everything, I was the primary writer. So it was, there was also a team of writers, three other writers um, who were really excellent and worked with me. But for most of the series, I researched and wrote the majority of the episodes, about 75% of the episodes. Um, And that was, you know, a really long process to get through all those books and articles. And, you know, I learned a lot um, just writing the series, just through the process of having to do all that research. Now we have a process where we divide amongst our current team for historians take uh, Dolly uh, Dian and I, who are the three, um, the three like primary folks working on the show. Like mm-hmm. we work together to come up with ideas along with one of my co-hosts, Adrian DeLeon, who's a professor at USC. Um, and we come up with ideas and thoughts on which episodes we'd like to do, which topics we'd like to cover. Um, we focus in on, you know, what are the outlining questions? What are the concerns we have? Uh, we work through research uh, sort of in the 
ideation phase of, you know, looking at articles and things that support the question that we're asking. And then we have some really great production assistants and folks who uh, help us, you know, contact and get in touch with different experts. Um, sometimes it's a matter of also doing research to find those experts to say whose voices would be beneficial to add to this episode, whose perspective would be um, good to have on a topic like this, and who has maybe published a book or uh, a documentary or you know done some work that demonstrates that they're an expert in the given field that we're talking about. So uh, that's kind of the process now. And then after we do that, we have you know a couple of days of shooting where we will film all the interviews. So what you see is maybe less than a tenth of what we record. Um, oh, wow. We, yeah. yeah, we sit there and we <laughs> each interview <laughs> could take you know two hours. It's they're lengthy. We really go through in depth all the possible answers. Uh, to all the different questions and the experts are prepared, you know, they get prep documents um, to help them come up with their, their responses. And then from there, it goes into post-production where uh, Dolly and Dianne usually, uh, um, sometimes me will like go now for some episodes, uh, me as well, will go through the transcripts and formulate the episode. So it, it's a long editorial process. Um, and it's really, it's really tricky. I would say also because Historians Take is an interview style show, um, not interview in the sense of like seeing the interview question, but because the way we record it, um, it's really labor intensive to get all the responses edited down and figured out. Um, but it's just labor in a different way than what Origin of Everything was. Because Origin of Everything, all the labor was in the scripting process. Mm. or um, And Historians Take, all the labor is in the editorial process. So, you know, it kind of balances out. And you guys, too, I'm looking to, um, as you're going through, uh, Danielle, on um, PBS Origins or Historian, um, Historians Take, um, the actual name of the, the show. But mm-hmm. there's like, there are a lot of links and resources here on the on the channels as well. You guys, after you look at the episodes and the description, there are a lot of links and everything. So, that, I mean, all that kind of stuff is just so cool when you have, like, say you have 15 minutes or so, 11 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there are resources for you guys to go if you're interested in. There's like a Kung Fu fighting episode in the 70s, <laughs> talking about people's accents. So there's so many cool topics that you wouldn't even think that you've had questions about in your mind. And, um, you know, Danielle her and her great team are breaking this down for you guys. So again, go check it out. PBS Origins um, on YouTube. Um, the exact show is called uh, Historian's Take. So definitely, guys, go check that out when you get a chance because you will not be disappointed. It's really cool information. Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. All right. I want to shift gears here a little bit um, because you seem like you're saying constantly busy, always trying to share share knowledge, which is so important. Um, you are either you started or you're working on your first independent documentary, right? Yes, I am. So I am working on a documentary based on the research for my first book. Um, so my dissertation was actually um, on performance history And it focused on uh, people who were born with physical disabilities into slavery, um, who were then put onto sideshow and freak show stages as a means of making money for their, uh, the owners of plantations. And I, you know, was interested in this particular history because I think it tells a really underknown story of the intersections of disability, enslavement, race, 
performance, sexuality on stage. Um, so I started doing that research way back in uh, the beginning of grad school. So that would have been 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year I won a grant um, that helps me to create the first documentary, which will be focused on the lives of two of the women who are in this study that I'm writing. Um, their names were Millie Christine McCoy. They were conjoined twins born into slavery in North Carolina. Um, and they spent their lives as sideshow and freak show performers, um, musical singing duet, and also as a sort of virtuosic, uh, you know, polyglots, like they spoke in many languages mm-hmm. um, to prove to people that they weren't the same person. So one would maybe speak to you in English, one in French, things like that. So I uh, wrote a performance piece back in 2018 that was based on my archival research. And now I am translating that into a short documentary. So that should be done in August. 20- well, I'm saying it should be done in August 2023 <laughs> because that's when the grant is done. So obviously it'll have to be done by then. Well, congratulations on the grant. And that, that story sounds so cool. Like I can't wait to check it out. I'm in North Carolina. So that's going to be, that's going to be so cool to, to see how that plays out. And just so many from that time period, it just felt like you're never done ter- telling stories, um, you know, of, of voices that won't get heard, you know, without people like you going doing the research and finding their, and finding their origin story. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. I think um, in some ways, these are stories that I don't think of, you know, myself as being the most important piece of the story. I think of myself as just someone who's um, really, my job is to translate these stories for audiences to, to learn from and right. to um, to share. So I, I always love to be able to, to tell stories in any different way. I'm very much a maker as a person. I love to tinker and I like to write and, and make things. So um, I'm really excited to be taking this next step towards, uh, you know, becoming more of a filmmaker and, and expanding my portfolio there. Well, any speaking of tinkering and what's coming next, anything else you want to tease? Where can people kind of follow you and, and know what's coming up for you? Um, yeah, so you can always follow me on Twitter at Quirky Professor or um, on Instagram at Quirky Professor underscore. Um, both of those handles were uh, not... <laughs> devised by me I actually find it kind of funny someone else made the handle for me because they thought that it was it was accurate to me so I was like okay that's fine um but but you could follow me on both those places and I also am currently writing a book on the same you know topic I was saying before um called refinements of cruelty and a second book called how to make a new nation um which is about performances of early nationalism in the post-colonial movement um, in the 20th century. So those two books, hopefully they're moving along. I, I can't say much more in terms of uh, progress. Yeah. Uh, they're moving along and I don't have any publication dates yet, but keep your eyes open for those hopefully in the next couple of years. And um, then I will also have that documentary done by next year. So that that is amazing um and you know you're not busy at all you know I think you keep it very low key you know <laughs> a little stuff here a little stuff there but you know in the process of this, this I'm gonna wrap on this because I'm I'm a big fan of this um you are a novelty tea connoisseur yes novelty I, t-shirt connoisseur let me get that out right so people are like what's that novelty connoisseur what <laughs> so anyway <laughs> But yeah, so what, so where did that come about? And because I know I will buy like a graphic tee in a heartbeat of some kind of superhero or something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, actually started collecting a lot of t-shirts when I was in high school. Um, so it was something that I was just into. It was the height of hot topic. So, you know, there were novelty t-shirts galore mm-hmm. in the mall and I was always yep. buying different ones. Um, and then as I got older, when I started doing Origin, um, I ended up buying a lot more just to wear on camera. Like I'd be like, oh, we're shooting a Christmas episode. Let me buy one. Or, oh, we're shooting a... Um, an episode for Halloween, let me get a different one. And then, you know, the collection just kind of expanded from there. So I'm always on the, you know, on the lookout for new novelty t-shirts. Uh, feel free to, you know, even DM me if you see a novelty t-shirt that you think um, I would love, I would be happy to hear from you. That is so cool. You guys better DM her. Like that is, that's cool. Like, let me tell you something. I will buy a t-shirt in a minute. I'm going to add to those DMs because I love how to be a good graphic tee um danielle brainbridge graphic graphic tea connoisseur i think i got it out this time novelty tea connoisseur professor host creator you guys check her out um pbs origin check that channel out check out wait for this documentary she has coming out that's gonna be so cool her books so yeah you guys definitely follow her on twitter um and yeah danielle i really appreciate it it's been so much fun talking to you thank you so much for having me this has been great and you guys take care till next time and again go check out pbs origin The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. 